Blue, starkly blue. That's the first thing and perhaps the last thing anyone could notice about this door. Sure, there's some sort of patterning on it, but nothing that's unique enough. It could override just how blue it is. There's a silver handle sticking out from it and something about the blue is so inviting. You push the door open and step through like you've lived here your whole life. As you walk into the office of the Sugar Plum Fairy, you notice that unlike the other baked rooms that you have traveled through, so as again, you remember, this is essentially baked buildings built around this enormous tree. Everything is dusted in a heavy coating of powdered sugar, making everything look like a sugared snowscape. You see chairs made of frosted gumdrops, and a couple of garlands are hung around the rim. Basically, she's made crown molding out of garlands of sugar plums. You can taste the air here. Everything is just lightly sweet. It, 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 imagine if Scarface was G-rated, and you have sort of an idea of what this situation is. She has powdered sugar all over her face. She does not, <laughs> but as you approach, you see that her whole being, all of her skin, and you're not entirely able to tell where her skin ends and her clothing begins. It might be that her skin and her clothing are one, but it is this crystalled sugared flesh, very similar to how sugar plums look when they've been freshly prepared. There's this glazed look to her skin that reflects light. Her eyes are... There, there is no iris or pupil. There's just a deep purple sclera. She is otherworldly looking, but in a way that is both off-putting and comforting, almost like a child's imaginary friend. She looks up from her desk at all of you. Please, come in. Sit down. Make yourselves comfortable. Y'all can't see me, but I'm still doing all of the gestures and movements like that. This is going to somehow translate. <laughs> it helps. I can feel it. I was imagining it, so that... Perfect. Could have that confirmation. Beautiful. Yeah. Hallie's going to eat the garlands like a giant noodle. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, Johan will um, walk over to, I guess there are chairs. Yes, again, they are sugar, like, gumdrops. Great. So basically, they're like chairs from the 90s. The big, like, uh, uh, inflatable plastic ones. Yes, only yeah. with actual, you know, support for your bones. Oh. Um, yeah, Johan will walk to one and, and sit down on it very delicately across a leg. I think Jack will walk behind the chair uh, Paco Bell set in and just kind of stand behind him as, like, 
guard yeah. type. So the two of you pose as if you are getting a family portrait taken. <laughs> I look like the rock in that picture. He's got the black turtleneck on and the chain. Just in. The fanny pack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spruce? Spruce is like uh, glancing over at uh, Hallie and is just like, hey, give me some. Hallie hands him the other end of the garland. <laughs> yep. Just Absolutely. Starting to shovel it in. <laughs> They're gonna lady in the tramp. I was about to say the two of you are going. To, this is uh, this is what I'm imagining when you're describing this, though. I'm imagining the lady in the tramp situation, but like you're feeding an endless roll of receipt paper <laughs> into yourselves until you inevitably like smooch. Um, also, you're pulling it from the walls. This is essentially her crown molding. So, like, as it's going, we're about to have this very serious conversation. And I just want you guys to know that over the course of all of this, there's going to be bits <laughs> of the garland that are just going to go tonk, tonk. And it's going to come down all around the room as this is happening. And this needs to be an animated moment because there is no way it'll be as funny in audio as it is in my head. <laughs> I just I can't decide if Pachelbel would like try to stop them or just ignore it and I'm, I'm leaning towards just ignoring it like it's just gonna this... be great when they reach the end and they have to pull the part that's behind the sugar plum fairy and they're, yeah they're starting they're starting on the edges and they're gonna walk behind so at some point we're gonna be talking to her and then behind them they're gonna be going <laughs> like an adorable Christmas clock where they they rotate out to the front and then kiss and then go back but it, but it happens behind the sugar plum fairy, so you never know. You never know. Well, we'll know. And also, there's a path of destruction. <laughs> <laughs> like all of the pictures have been like knocked off the walls in this sugar plum carnage. There's just like little hoop scrape marks and like the sugar that's built up on top of like different various furnitures in the room. <laughs> I just pictured like you're splayed out, yanking it like a dog pulling a thing. Mark, mark. But the next nail pops out and you get a little more slack and you eat a little more. Smash through the legs of the chair that you guys are posing around <laughs> trying to like tear it down. <laughs> no, that's in the middle of the room. She sits very delicately and smoothly down, almost as if it was a dance, before folding her hands gently on her desk. So what brings you here? Well, um, so we have we have something of a problem. Uh, we've, you know, noticed your lovely people here, but we have um, some concerns. And he, like, looks at Jack, who's... It's very awkward to look at Jack, but... Well, we know you all are losing your magic. We are. We're having issues, too. What issues could those be? Very similar. There are concerns about the, the magic Velspring. The Christmas magic is also going. That is unfortunate to hear. Be that as it may, I cannot imagine you are having a similar level of drought. I'm sure you saw coming through how things have been. Yeah, your your all's drought is further along than ours. And he'll take a quick glance at Paco Bell before he says it. But we know what is coming for ours. We've seen things. Because you all are from the future, yes? Oh, you've been told. Okay. Well, that's going to make this easier. Yes. I have been informed. Okay, so... So, you know, we're trying to do the best thing for all the people, but really 
You know, we have priorities. If you may, for my sake, my source did not have all of the information. Would you please regale me with what happened in your timeline? Well, so there's um, temporal considerations that we must make, and so we really... It would be unwise for you to know all of the, the details. I do believe there are others who know, are there not? No, and they don't know all the details either. You haven't even told Frosty all of the details. At this uh, point, Paco Bell is like yeah. narrowing his eyes. <laughs> who, who told you? Can I, can I roll like an insight or something? So she is an otherworldly fey creature, so it's going to be a little bit harder than average. I mean, you're welcome to roll insight if you're looking for like deception or malice or something like that. I can absolutely give you her vibe. Vibe check, uh, as it were. I'll take a vibe check then, actually. Right, uh, uh, roll an insight vibe check. It's a 13. You are able to tell that, though things are a little bit fuzzy given her very fey nature, she appears to know more than you would feel comfortable with, but you cannot tell if she means any malice or deception or ill will at all. She, she is studying you with an air of knowledgeable curiosity, similar to how a child watches a caterpillar climbing a leaf. Is half and half in here with us? Half and half? Uh, Hoffenhoff and uh, Hebler are both waiting outside the office. Neither of them were super keen on going in. How do you know everything already? I have many friends in many places. I'm gonna, like, just look at Paco Bell for a second, but not say anything about that. Um, and I'll, I'll just look back through and I'll say, you're all's people stole the magic from us. They did. We don't want that. I understand that, but I do ask, what is your alternative? We do need to keep our ovens on. Our people must be fed and sheltered. Would you prefer we die? We've never been welcome past the barrier. Not to stay, at least. I don't want you to die, but I don't want my people to die either. No, let's be honest with ourselves. What you are saying is, while you do not wish us death, you are apathetic to the death that already surrounds us. Do not point this as you being the reasonable one. You are simply indifferent to our suffering. I have some empathy. <laughs> I mean, I feel kind of bad. <laughs> this suffering is at a lower priority than the suffering we are trying to prevent. <laughs> it's not to say it doesn't exist. And that's the same on your end as well, I assume. You are comparing your drought to ours. You might as well compare a lake to a puddle. Do we have any kind of like, from what we've seen, we know it's bad. Is it like, is she telling the truth with that, like that comparison? All right, roll a history check for me. A 12. A 12 is going to be enough to know that where you come from is a veritable wellspring of magic. And while there absolutely has been a deficit, you are very well aware that your supply is not infinite, but vastly greater than any of the areas around you, regardless of magical need. 
your supply is significantly greater than anywhere else. I mean, you guys do have your entire city built on a Beverly Hillbillies-esque, like, magic oil <laughs> well. Okay, so, you have it worse, yes. You have to remember we're from a time when your people was killing all of our peoples. So, consider, please, the point of view that we have. I understand, but please, hear me when I say this. The circumstances that led to your future have not changed for us in any material way. And you are intending to keep it as such. You are asking the desperate to die in the streets. Oh, man. Can I, can I do something buck wild? Absolutely, you may. Can I turn from eating the garland around as things fall around her desk and destroying her office to just, like, just turn my body around and sniff her face and use divine sense? Y yes, but I'm going to need you to read the, the actual what divine sense does for me because I... I'm not going to lie, I was thrown off by sniffing her face. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, to be fair, sniffing her face is not what it says in here. That was just what no, I I'm, thought I I'm, would do. I'm, I'm, no, and that is perfectly reasonable, but I do not remember the what, what divine sense does. Perfect. So. Super. Uh, presence of strong evil registers on your senses like a noxious odor and powerful good rings like heavenly music in your ears. Um, as an action, you can open up your awareness to detect such forces and until the end of your next turn, you know the location of any celestial fiend or undead within 60 feet that's not behind total cover. Well, given the incredibly fey nature of the Sugar Plum Fairy, you are aware that she is not celestial, nor fiend, nor undead. Man, that'd be wild if she was any of those. Interestingly, you can't tell if it's the sugar smell in the air that's that's bungling your senses, but you detect neither. You detect no good nor an, any evil. None of, neither is present in her. Great. I go right back to eating the garland around her office. Awesome. You're, you're past the sniff, past the sniff check. Pass the sniff test. <laughs> she did smell delightfully of fruit and sugar, though. Okay, I may have gently licked her face a little bit and then gone back to eating her office. <laughs> she looks weirdly unperturbed. I do want to reflavor divine sense to include sniffing the face. Like for everybody? For not just a yeah. reindeer? Like that's... For all games, yeah. I dig it. Somebody call wizards right now. Do you have some sort of proposition? If I had, I mean, I did. I sent emissaries to ask if you would share some of the resource so that we could keep the ovens on. Your response was to rough them up a little, bring them back here, and then here we are. You are asking for me, unfortunately, to create a compromise where I'm not sure one exists. Uh, forgive me if I'm being too forward, but what does that mean? You are unwilling to share any of the font of magic that exists in your world. She looks paused for a moment. Kingdom. City. However you define it here. You will share nothing of the resource you have. And you ask for us to do nothing to acquire it. We have already been turned to desperate measures. 
I'm not sure what you would have us do. Well, I think it would be in all of our benefits to find a way together. Because if you remember, it didn't turn out great for the Keeblers in the end. From what I've been told, yes. Do not mistake me. I was not there. A new solution probably be better for both parties. How delightful. What solution do you offer? None. We're not in that sort of position. But we could go back to our raid regent and discuss something. I am not convinced that Gloria will have any sympathy for us. To be honest, neither am I. But we can wish. She has <laughs> never shown herself to be reasonable before. I don't imagine that will change. I don't have a response for that. I, I don't know what to tell you. Perhaps you could instead look to try and fix the problem itself. Oh, and just what? Creates a new source of magic for us all? Where do you believe magic comes from? Huckabell <laughs> giggles a little to himself and says, Ah, the, the smiles of children. You laugh as if you are being sarcastic. No, I laugh because it's something we all know. So if there is a deficit of magic, there must be something that is robbing us of those smiles. Hmm. There are forces greater than what you see at work here. Jack's got nothing. What could rob the children of the smiles? What do you think it is? What robs anyone of their smiles? Oh, sadness. Anchor. what is doing it on a global scale? You are misunderstanding the nature of the problem. Your answers lie in the Big Rock Candy Mountain. So that's where we... He, like, looks at, at Jack. I am aware it is not a pleasant place for you to go again for the first time, as it were. But I am unable to say much more. You know more? Not that will be material. There is a force in those mountains, and that is what is... It's not just a matter of magic won't regenerate the way that it once did. There is a force actively draining it. I can tell that it comes from the mountains and nothing more. I have an idea. But if we are going to go through with it, and it does what I hope, do you have soldiers? None that are prepared for all-out war. Yet. Do you have any great warriors? I have some resources I could provide you. I will go back to Gloria. I will tell her I have a new plan. And most likely she will listen to me. As long as I'm showing that we have an actual plan, which uh, I think we do. I hope you are not saying that I should give you a warrior to bring with you through the Snowflake Barrier. She will see that as an act of aggression, accompanied by your people or not. She is not fond of me. So I don't have to accompany us. So I could uh, wait outside so we could meet them again here. All right, for Alex, so you're going to take her soldier with you. 
go to the barrier, leave him outside in the snow, could do, could where do. where an elemental almost one shot in spruce, and it is shown to not be safe. I didn't say it was the best plan. I didn't say it was a good idea, only that it was an idea. No, uh, yes, your soldiers, your warriors can stay here. We will uh, find some again when we... We will come back for some before we go. I think I know what the problem might be. It might be what... Jack, it's, it's the things that we don't want to talk about. Grimshunts. Or it's... It's a brute mother. Maybe she's not gone. I don't know. We have to talk to Gloria. We have to get new orders. I can't just go on a mission without permission. Paco Bell. Give me... Give me sa- can we have a sidebar for a second, uh, your majesty? <laughs> By all means, please. She continues to sit at her desk because she's not anticipating- She doesn't she's move. Not, well, she's not going to get up from her own desk and let you guys parlay in her office. If you guys want to walk into the corner and, and, and have your little meeting, sure, if you want to step outside, but she's not getting up from her desk. Exactly. I'm going to go where they're eating this garland and- like, kind of bring Paco Bell over so we can all four kind of huddle up. Paco Bell, like, reaches up and grabs a couple of snacks off the garland. Yeah, Hallie will turn to you guys with, like, a mouthful, but, like, go to, like, bleh, into, like, if you guys have any sort of hand or limb. You'll throw up some snacks for us? <laughs> it's just in her mouth. She's just, no, like... No, I just reach up and I get my yeah, you, own. Okay. Hand out. She'll grab some off the wall and then like place it in your hand. It just gets sticky in your mouth. You gotta use your tongue to like, like that. He'll like look at it for a second and then like look back up to the group, look back down at it, and he'll say, So, anyways. Allie was the kind of person who at like school, when a kid would like steal a part of her lunch and lick it, uh, she would eat it anyway. Staring him in the yeah. eye while she yeah, did it. Yeah, just unblinking. <laughs> No. She'd, she would take it back, split it in half, eat one half of it, give the other half to the person that licked it, assuming they would just want some. Man, I, I love her so much. That I was. It went from being a real alpha, like, established dominance move <laughs> to, like, a, I don't know what your goal here is, but... <laughs> but here if you want some. Okay, so let's have this sidebar. Hey, Hugo Bell. Yeah? Why do we have to go back? Well... She sent us here to do... War crimes. She sent you here to do war crimes. We sent, she sent us here to burn them to burn down. So if we don't do that, if we just take what help she's going to give us, go take care of the problem, maybe we solve it without having to go back. I don't want Frosty to get involved. Of course you don't, friend, but... I just... If... If... if they kill Frosty, then maybe we need as much help as we can get. I say we go back to Gloria and ask for soldiers. Ask for Frosty. Ask for whoever else. If we go with an army, then maybe maybe it works. Do you think the us, I mean, plus maybe this other warrior could all do you think we could do it? Or what if we don't? Oh, if we don't, everybody. Yeah. We're also on uh, we have a time crunch, right? Yeah. Do we have time to go back? Come all the way back out here? Go all the way to the Candy Mountains? That's my concern. Uh, yeah, we could go and just scout and see. Maybe we can handle it. And if so, then we do it. And if not... We could get there so fast if we can fly. Then we go back to Gloria. 
Maybe she can fly. Maybe the sugar plum lady can fly. That's a good idea. You can, can you fly? I haven't got my license yet. But okay, but, I think but I could. How? I mean, I'm pretty sure. Okay, Hallie can fly. So we at least have one way. But one of us can ride on Hallie. How many people can you hold? I mean, we gotta find the. We gotta find. We gotta find a harness first. The, the flying harness. That's because you gotta start there. Oh, is that all you need? Yeah. Well, I can make one of those. <gasps> okay. I think I've never made one, but maybe she has something you can pull. Should be single. Flies all. I bet they could bake us a sleigh. Yeah. But like, isn't that their like food too though? Then we'd be like taking part of their food, which is already kind of like the problem. Yeah, but if we're going to go solve the problems, maybe so, you know, help us a little. We can ask. Yeah, right. And Spruce turns to the sugar plum fairy. Uh, uh, hey, like, um, could you guys make us like a, like a sleigh? Like a thing that we can like go places in. She looks up from her desk, and there's a moment where you just are kind of like, because again, she, she's kind of otherworldly and creepy looking. She looks up and she goes, "I suppose we could. It would be a bit of a cost to us. I suppose we could, if this will be taken as a gesture of goodwill." Roll persuasion. Oh god. Uh, that's a ten. All told? Yeah. I'm not sure that I am willing to sacrifice what little we have. Yeah, like, that's what I told them. Let me- hold on, guys. And he turns back, just full volume. Yeah, remember when I said the thing about, like, the food and stuff? Yeah. That's yeah. She doesn't want to do it because of that. So it's a very good point, Spruce. Thank you. <sighs> Pat him on the back. Lady Fairy? Uh, yes? I don't know what the right title is, sorry. Uh, <laughs> SPF! Prince, SPF! Prince, Prince Fairy? Uh, so. Your we, fairiness. If we're able to all go quickly to the Rock Candy Mountains. You see, there's a, there's a bit of a time crunch, and for thinking, maybe um, we just need a conveyance. So, do you have something that exists that could be pulled, maybe, by a reindeer? I do, but not in the way that flight would be easy. What could that possibly mean? She got one that'll go on the ground. Yes. Oh, I see. That's a strange idea. Reindeers on the ground? Holly, can you do this? Yeah. Yes, I've walked before. Yes. Okay, maybe I can make a sleigh. It's, it's probably not that hard. Well, please. And she's going to put her hand on a pile of powdered sugar on her desk and then draw her hand upward, causing it to swirl in a very pretty sort of snow-like cyclone. It's going to then settle, and you're going to see the image made entirely of clear sugar of a beautiful sleigh that looks almost like it was made of ice. 
Yeah, see, it's not hard at all. She just did it in like one second. I mean, I will be very clear. It is the size of a coffee mug. Oh, I know. Spruce is gonna look at that and then look at Jack and look back at that and be like, Jack, that's like that's like that thing that you do with the ice, except hers is tasty, man. Yeah, well, mine's mine's cold. I was half expecting. What is this? A sleigh for Anne? That's exactly what I was <laughs> expecting. <laughs> they would love it. It's I had all to sugar. fight it so bad. <laughs> This is simply an image of my sleigh. You're welcome to use it, but it will not fly. Does it do anything? It won't sink in the ice or snow. Or water? I do not recommend putting it in water. So it's like just, so it's just kind of a sleigh. Will it, will it like blow up or something? It, it's made of sugar. So we can lick it? I would rather you didn't. I'm still confused about why not to put it in water. (laughs) So sugar will dissolve in Savata. It'll solve what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. This sleigh is going to be crashed into a lake, isn't it? Yeah, it's not good. Um, we can't fly with it either, because then it'll turn into like candy floss, right? No. Why? <gasps> to fix that? Because you put air in the sugar, and it makes. Is that how it works? I think so. Oh my god! And he just like leans down at the desk and goes. <sighs> <sighs> and you're just blowing waves of powdered sugar off her desk and into the air. We get it, you vape. <laughs> Very much the energy. The the sugar plum fairy is just watching all of this with, again, a cool indifference in her eyes. Uh, do you have any body that could help Hallie pull this sleigh? This sleigh does not need to be pulled by anyone if you don't have anyone to pull it. Here. She's going to open a drawer in her desk and pull out it looks for a moment like a sugar plum until you realize it is a facsimile of a sugar plum made entirely out of a jewel. She hands it over to Jack. That will allow you to activate its more convenient abilities. Right. Look it over and then uh, put it in my bag. It'll also give you access to the mini bar that's in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. If you do require any gear, you can probably speak to a good friend of mine nearby. Which one? <laughs> Three doors down to your left. Are they Superman? If Superman's not behind this door, Alex, we're all going to be very disappointed. It is not going to be Superman, but uh, I assure you, you will not be disappointed by who is behind that door. All right. Well, thank you for the help. Um, Please do not attack the city. We are going to go try and solve the problem. I will delay it as long as I can. But if I hear no word, by the time our magic gets low enough to be critical, 
I will attack. It's critical now. We can survive a little longer, provided we continue to harvest. Spruce just shivers. <laughs> can I do like a history check to see if Spruce knows like where the sugar plum fairy is from? Sure. Oh, sure. You get an eighteen for that. <laughs> She's Germanic, isn't she? I mean, if that, if you're asking about the lore, yes. Okay, um, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> but if you are asking for the lore within the world, um, you mm-hmm. remember that upon the world beginning to celebrate Christmas with things like treats and sweets and like more sumptuous foods, that is when she came into being. She was born from a combination of ice and sugar that gained sentience and form when the spirit of Christmas feasting was, like, smooshed into it. Alright. Cool. So she's, like, kind of between worlds. Yes. She is truly a fey creature. She is not of, of you know, the heavens. She is not of the hells, nor is she of mortal realm. She is something else entirely, which makes her unpredictable. Okay. So, one more time, Paco Bell is going to look at Jack and go, I still think maybe I could talk some sense into Gloria. Having the help of the regent would only be helpful. I mean, it's... And if she says no, we can just leave anyway. Let's try this. We go to... We go back and talk to Mrs. Claus. We send whoever she has to help us. They can go now. To the Rock Candy Mountains, and we'll meet them there. Lots of foot of the mountains, maybe. Yeah, I, I, it's probably safer to just meet them back here. I would. What if the warrior goes and dies without us? Don't they don't attack? Is that fiddle starter wall? How would? There's a little. We gotta have a little leeway here. They, they're gonna die too. So if if she's gonna send some people, the I mean, it's better than losing everybody. And they don't have to go in without us. No, you're right, you're right. We could probably beat some halfway. As you are having this conversation, there is a soft knock at the door of her office. The door opens to reveal... I don't want to say a woman, and I don't want to quite say girl. She seems to be in her mid-teens, late teens, somewhere in that area. She is wearing a shining crystalline armor, her blonde hair held back in a ponytail with a ribbon. Her hair is curled, and she looks somewhere between a doll and a soldier. She puts her hand on her chest and goes, You summoned me. 